0: The little book of Jude, which if you um, are new to the things of the Bible, it's the last book before Revelation near the end of the New Testament. And um, we're going to read, again, 20, most of the book, actually, because it's only 20-odd verses. But um, today, I mean, the whole emphasis or the key verse in the book is actually found very early on um, in, in verse 3 about contending for the faith. So my title, again, is called Contending for the Faith, number 3. The challenge of the last days. Wow. Don't hear a lot of message on the last days, do you know? Uh, it's the last days, were it? The last days started actually when Jesus went to heaven. Pentecost, when Pentecost happened, that was the start of the last days. And they will run until he returns. That is the epoch known as the last days. So let's let's get down. Look down in your Bible or your phone. And verse 3. Beloved, although I was very eager. To write to you about our common salvation. Hearing about that this morning, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith. Not faiths, the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have cre- crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation ungodly people who pervert the grace of God, our God into sensuality deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ I want to remind you although you once fully knew it that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterwards destroyed those who did not believe and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority. but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under the gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities which likewise indulged in sexual immorality, pursued a natural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams Defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all day that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they like and reason. They are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves. Waterless clouds swept along by winds fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. That's strong stuff, folks. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their unrighteousness. my eyes (laughs) convict the ungodly all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him these are grumblers malcontents following their own sinful desires they are loud mouthed boasters showing favoritism to gain advantage but you must remember beloved And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear. Hating even the garment stained by the flesh. We'll stop there. Lord, thank you for your word. I just pray this morning. As we read and consider these strong words. From your earthly brother. Your brother Jew. I pray, Lord, that we will line our lives up with your purposes. That we will line our lives up with your word. That, Lord, we will stand for truth, whatever the cost, in these last of the last days. I thank you for the church. I thank you, Lord, that you said before you went to glory that the gates of hell may try and prevail, but they won't. They will not prevail against your church. I thank you, Lord, for your kingdom. I thank you that we are a kingdom people this morning. That you are the king of the kingdom. And that your word says that of the increase of your kingdom, there will be no end. So Father, despite the challenges, we know that your ways will go from strength to strength. And one day, Lord, the clouds will part. And you will stand there, King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, and what a rejoicing day that will be. But what what an awesome day it will be for those, Lord, who reject you. Oh, Lord, help us to have that heart for the lost. Give us a passion for souls, Lord, around us. Lord, we're not just a holy club on a Sunday. We are your people and we have a purpose to live for. Lord, make that real this morning. Thank you for every person in this building this morning, everyone who hears this. Lord, message in days to come, on recording or whatever, Lord, I just pray. Thank you that you are our God. You promised to lead us by the hand. Take us through the storm, through the sunshine, and every other circumstance in between. We ask all these things in the Lord Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The church has got a challenge in this last generation. It really has. Some warnings in there um about people sneaking into the church what i thought all christians were okay well i just want to say we want to be a people of discernment got a people if we live by the word and we are open to the spirit you will know you'll just know that you know that you know when something's not right and god will guide us that's why when i said today about seeking first we want to be a, a people here that seek first god in all things, inquire of him first. We've got to pray. We've got to be a people of prayer. We can't rest on our laurels, folks, in these days. These are days of challenge, but the days are good, good days, you know. And God destined you to be alive today. And many Christians think, I wish I was alive 40 years. I wish I was alive in another generation when it wasn't so challenging. It was challenging then, it's just different. But there is an increase today. Because we're near the end. And do you know an animal, a savage animal, do you know when it's its most dangerous? It's cornered. Near the end. And that's where we live. That's the generation in which we live. And I'd like to read you something from a man who's now with the Lord, Greg Haslam. Many years ago, he did a preaching course called Preach the Word. And the course was all about restoring preaching in the church of the truth which had been lost. And I want to honour Greg because he, these are his words, not mine, but I, I think it will make you smile. I will read you. This was the first day of this preaching course and he wrote these things. And he was a scouser. He said, I'd like to take you on a magical mystery tour. We are taking a day trip to a medium-sized town called all is not wellville. A community of some forty thousand people, boasting of several Christian congregations of various stripes across the spectrum of ecclesiastical style and preference. It's Sunday morning at eleven o'clock, and the services it's twenty to twelve actually and the services in the various churches are already on the way. At St. Boltov in the marsh, the vicar has just finished his six-minute homily consisting of the usual quasi-political platitudes and bland moralism. This week it was concerning the recent borough council elections. Amazingly, some of the parishioners are still awake. In a newly refurbished warehouse across town, preparations are underway For tonight's monthly cafe nine o'clock service, featuring an experimental youth service that is participative, multi-sensory and multi-linear. It will be accompanied by smoke machines, a simulation of the quakings of Mount Sinai through sound effect, and a laser show designed to capture the awesome moment the Ten Commandments were given to Moses. The evening will conclude with poetry readings on the commandments for cruel Christians today. The organ fades and a little nonconformist church in Sarcophagus Street. Just in time for a short presentation on kindness to kittens, followed by an offering for the work of the RSPCA. The 45-minute service will be over punctually at 12 or else. <laughs> Meanwhile, the faithful remnant as they like to call themselves at Bethesda chapel in straight street settle down for some sound teaching which actually means more endless recycling of bible truth for bible students that no one has any of the least intention of doing anything about but at the fast-growing space cadets mega church in their purpose-built glass and steel cathedral on the other side of town pastor robbie moore that's more m-o-r-e more for me more for you is showing a 12-minute video to be followed by an eight-minute presentation on spiritual lessons to be followed by whole-in-one believers on the way to life here ends our trip if these cameos have any accuracy at all then the body of christ is being fed on a sustained diet of low-calorie, hard-tack. Junk food, cardboard and pap. These well-meaning departures from the true biblical priorities have resulted in several long-term effects. Stunted growth in quality and quantity in the Church of Jesus Christ for decades in the West. Passion for Jesus Christ has almost died, even among the once faithful and the big picture of the Bible presented to our whole life view has been forgotten and is barely understood by even a minority of the Christian Church. Meanwhile, the lost have dismissed us both our message and our lives as weightless and irrelevant, irrelevant to their lives and the ultimate questions that are plaguing them this week. Wow. I think that's quite true. And do you know when that was? That was in 2003. 20 years ago he wrote that. But we've got a job on as the church. Because everything around us is sliding. And Jude, this little book, has something to say to that. In the last few weeks we've talked about being called. Do you remember the first week we called? You're called. God has called you for such a time as this. And I keep saying, you're not called to sit on a blue seat until he comes back. We're here to meet together. But we're called wherever we find ourselves. In Lee, in West Horton, in Garswood where we are. Wherever we are, we're called unto his purpose. We talked last week about walking the line. What it means to walk the line. Do you remember last week if you were in? We talked about the lure of legalism. It's easy to go back, oh well I better, I better try and make myself Acceptable. Anyone ever done that as a Christian? I have. Read a bit more Bible. Be a bit nicer. That doesn't make you a Christian. The finished work of Jesus Christ for you on that cross is the only means by which you are saved and set free. Wonderful to hear Roger this morning. Talk about deliverance. Now you may have had quite a decent life. Oh, well, I didn't need that. Let me tell you, you've still got a sin problem. You're born with it. It'll keep you from God. And if you haven't given your all to him this morning, give it, give it all to him. I'll never stop saying it from this pulpit. One of the great, I think it was George Whitfield. people said to him, why do you keep preaching on the new birth? Why do you keep preaching on you must be born again? He said, well, there's only one reason really. Because you must be born again. So forgive... Well don't, I'm sorry, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness of for that. You must be born again. Even if you can come to church all your life and not be born again. Give Him your all. And we all talked about the hazards of hyper-grace. Oh, I'm saved now. I live what I want. Do what I want. It's all been covered. That's not it. Paul says in Romans 6, Should we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means! Grace. Wonderful, wonderful freedom of grace... You didn't deserve any of it. God's goodness. God's freedom. God's righteousness. Christ's expense for you. It didn't cost you a penny. But what it does do when you get it, it teaches you, says Titus. It teaches you to say no to ungodliness. You can't live the old way anymore. You can't do it. So, that's the last few weeks. This week, contending for the faith. Wow. So, what does it mean to contend? Anyone know? Tell it out if you want. Fight. It means to fight, to stand strong, to contend. Well, that tells you there's going to be a challenge, because you don't if you you don't have to fight for something, if you don't have to fight for it. Very simple. It actually comes from the Greek word agonizei, which is where we get agonize. It means to struggle. To struggle. And it implies that whole athletic thing, wrestling, fighting, like a good rugby team, wanting to win. That was very gracious there. But it's a contention, and there'll always be a contention on the truth. There'll always be a contention on the truth. It didn't take long in the early church before things started going wrong. If you flick over this afternoon, into the book of Revelation. Oh, Revelation. That's a crazy book, isn't it? It's a great book. It's a great book. It actually says if you read it, you'll be blessed. If you read it early on, it says if you read it in, in fullness, you'll be blessed. It says don't add to it, read it. And do you know what I did one day? I read it one day in our, our extension. I walked up the down reading it. And the phone rang. <laughs> I said, uh, yes, can I ring you back? <laughs> Carried on reading it but in Revelation 2 if you have a look this afternoon you'll read some warnings to the churches from Jesus and he warns them about how they're living and he says you know if you don't repent I'll take away your candlestick in other words I'll take away your witness now I don't want to criticise any church but how many people have seen church buildings that are now carpet factories gyms Indian restaurants. Wow. That's quite good, actually. Maybe <laughs> you can make an Indian restaurant. I you know. love Indian food. But what I'm saying is, at one time, those buildings were put up for the glory of God. They were built for the glory of God, and something's gone wrong. Something's happened. Something has been lost. Dare I say it? Any movement for us, we can lose it if we don't keep following Him. If we don't put Him first. There will be things that will creep in unnoticed, just like these men who came in and began to change the message. Change the message. You'll hear it a lot today. Is the Bible the word of God? Is it really the word of God? Well, it's it's nice. It's more of a is it more of a suggestion book? I tell you folks, it's God's word. Something was put on the internet this week about they're trying to ban the Bible somewhere in America. It's too violent. But I want to tell you, when you read your Old Testament, yeah, it's pretty violent. But it's talking about God's righteousness. And in that time, there were many, many who didn't want to follow God and it was ruthless. But I'll tell you, it's about his righteousness, it's about his righteous wrath. Because what you won't hear in many a pulpit today is that judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Because everybody, have you ever said, people ask out the street, well, what do you think of God? Well, God's a God of love, isn't He? And it's this softy sense of, well, God, He's all right. He's he's love. Yes, He is love. He is love. But He's righteous. And you see, sin is the opposite of righteousness. And because of our first parents, we're all born with that sin condition until we come to Him. But it won't be that you get on the last day and God will say, well, you were pretty good actually. You tried hard, didn't you? You ever heard these like box pops where people are being interviewed? And what would you say on the last day? Well, I I think I've been all right. I think I've tried really hard. You know, I've been quite a good guy. And the question then is, well, what's your standard? What's the standard of being quite a good guy? Because this is a standard of righteousness we're talking about. God's holy righteousness. So God is a God of love, and you know what? He's such a God of love that He reached down to us in our sin and put His wrath onto Jesus, His Son. I can never not preach the Gospel. You've got to hear it. You've got to hear it every day, really. You've got to realize that this isn't If I'm left to myself, if I don't follow Jesus, do you know what? In me, and I'm sure in you, you've got this thing called the flesh. Did anyone else struggle with it? The old man that you thought was dead, but really kind of fainted? Again, my flesh was rising up this morning driving here, praying with Kathy in the car, then getting behind a slow driver. Oh, gosh, I can feel this anger. Have you ever noticed you can have a great time with the Lord in the morning? And it isn't very long before someone upsets you. it just me. We'll fight the flesh till our dying day. You have to remember, it's not your performance that makes you right with God. It's the cross. Preach the cross to yourself every day. Thank Him for His mercy and His grace on your life. You've got to contend for these things that are so true. Now, Paul mentioned this. Look down in your scripture again. Contend for the faith, verse 3. That was once for all delivered to the saints. I love that expression. Once for all. Here it is. Once for all. That is a theme that comes up quite often in Hebrews. Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 9, we read this, Hebrews chapter 9 and verses 11 and 12, and it's talking about, the book of Hebrews is, as you might guess, it's to Jewish people, and it's to Jewish people who understood all about the Old Testament, the commandments, the covenants, and it says this in Hebrews 9, 11, when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then Will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He talks about this once for all. See, any Catholics in the room, I don't want to be offensive, but they believe that every time the Mass is offered, Christ is offered again. And once the priest has prayed over the stuff, becomes special. It becomes the body and blood of Christ. Not true. Not true. You can pray over it as much as you want. It won't change. It's bread and it's juice. But it represents something. It represents his death until he comes. Once for all. See, there's the, the, the true faith of Jesus Christ is not up for alteration. The message is timeless. You know, oh, we've got to make it a bit more trendy today. We've got to make it a bit more hip. You can't. Until you come to Christ, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. Unless you turn to Christ, you're going to hell. You're going to a lost eternity and you don't know when you're going to die. Many have said, Well, at the last moment I will repent. Good plan. When are you going to die? It's a once for all gospel. Jesus, born as a baby, lived a perfect life, died a perfect death, was buried, rose, and has ascended. That's the message. Do you believe it? Not up for alteration. Once for all, once for all, what a great expression, it's not to be adjusted folks, it's an unchanging truth in a very changing world, now as we read on, it talks about men coming into this church who want to change things. And it's a sign. It's a sign of everything about the last days. And Paul has things to say about it. If you read the book of Peter, which is a very parallel book to this. Don't put it on the screen. Let me just read this to you. In 2 Peter, chapter 3. Are you ready? This is Peter. The one who denied Jesus. Who was always putting his foot in it. I can relate to him. He said this. This is now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your, your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Saviour through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come. Oh, well, who else said that? Jude said it. Have you ever met a scoffer? Now in Liverpool, scoff means... What does scoff mean, Pauline? It means means food (laughs) means food so they used to say to me what have you brought for your scoff but in the biblical meaning it doesn't mean that it means mockers we're we're surrounded by people who mock the truth they'll come in the last days with scoffing (laughs) following their own sinful desires they will say anyone heard this when you, when you share in the gospel, they will say, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all these things continue, just as they were from the beginning of creation. Do you know who else said that? They said that in the days of Noah. Why are you building a boat? You plonker, rob me. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Nothing's going to change. It all goes on. It all goes on. But they deliberately deliberately overlooked the fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Noah. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire. Now, I'm not against it. Ecology, please understand, I believe we've got to be stewards of the planet. I believe it's incumbent on us to recycle and to do whatever we can as good stewards and Christians to look after our planet. I am not saying that. But I do want to tell you, it isn't going to last. Ever look at your hand. The skin on your hand is not going to make it to the next age. What's inside you will. The new creation you will make it, but this will not make it. It doesn't matter how much you look in the mirror and how much you paint it and colour it. And that's alright. But it ain't going to make it. This present age is reserved for fire. When did you last hear that, preached About now. It's been kept for the day of judgement. Another good line. Ready for this one? And the destruction of the ungodly. What? Destruction of the ungodly? But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. For the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, their heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. That's serious stuff, folks. That's the message. Repent. Turn to God while well, you can. Today is the day of salvation. Who knows what tomorrow will be? The day of the Lord will come. Another warning about these kind of people who come into the church. Found in the book of Timothy. Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me just read. I do need to put it on the screen. I like to just read these things. Well, it talks about the last days in 2 Timothy 3. Actually. But in the, understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. It's encouraging, isn't it? There will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous and reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Always learning, but never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambra opposed Moses, so these men oppose the truth. Men disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all as that was of these two men. Does anyone know who Janice and Jean Bray were? Anyone know? They weren't a double act on a Saturday night on Britain's Got Tarrant. They were the magicians who when Moses went to warn Pharaoh, and he threw his rod on the floor and they threw their rods and guess what? Their big rods became snakes. So we can do it too, you see. And every time Moses went and did something, they copied it. Until they got to plague three. Which was the gnats. Anyone read the What are you talking about, Kenty? this morning? The plagues. And Moses struck the ground with his rod to the dust. And the dust became gnats. And guess what? They couldn't do that one. They couldn't do that. Do you know why? It was a creative miracle. Because there's only one creator. There's a copier, but he can only go so far. And you see, these people will only go so far. These people have watered down the Word of God. Watered down what marriage is. Watered down things. That's what's happening in our generation, folks. You better believe it in the book but they won't get very far because the church that's immersed in God and his word will know and will stand as a beacon I may end up in prison for what I preach in a few years to come I don't know it's happened before many of the reformers were burnt at the stake for the Bible I mentioned it last week only the priest had the Bible and he told you what to believe but some men read it and said, This everyone needs to get this. We've got to stop this, burn them. Because this book is the book of truth, the book of freedom. The Chinese church, ooh, I'll be here all day talking about them and the Bible. How precious it is. Maybe a page some of them have. Another have a book, a page, just a few chapters or a few verses. This book is dangerous. It's dangerous to the powers of darkness. I remember somebody I knew whose dad was into Satanism, and she got saved wonderfully. And whenever he came into the house, he'd see. He said, "Oh, that book!" and throw it. He'd try and burn her Bibles. It's a Satanist, and they really exist. They won't get very far, though. But we must preach the word. That was godlessness. So listen 2 Timothy 4. This is a word to me. I charge you, Paul says to Timothy, in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. I'm going to say it again. Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away From listening to the truth and wander off into myths. But as for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. I just want to touch on that. Not everyone's an evangelist. I believe there are certain people in this building who are evangelists. They are gifted to be an evangelist. But... Paul says uh, everyone can do the work of an evangelist in your own little way. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. I want to say that as well. The ministry of God, people think, oh, this is the ministry. You've got a ministry. I get to stand here on a Sunday and preach and do things that is leading the church, but you've got a ministry wherever you are. Driving instructors, doctors, wherever you find yourself, lecturers, teachers, and those who will just in life you have a ministry. Be who you are today, fulfil your ministry. And he says this: "For I'm already." This is Paul, at the end of his life. Remember, he's the guy who destroyed, the, tried to destroy the church. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. But I've fought the fight, the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. you and me. We're going to finish up in in Jude again. Go back to Jude, if you're looking elsewhere. But Jude, verse 20. Near the end. So as we contend for the faith, folks, how are we going to live? Just look down at verse 20. But you, beloved, remember, you are loved by God. Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear. Hating even the garments stained by the flesh. Some interesting things there. First of all, know you're loved by God. I don't want you to think this morning, oh he said some heavy things. Am I in that? Listen, these people who are against God don't even think that way. They're so far away, they don't care. Has anyone ever said to you, I think I've committed the other you read about the unforgivable sin. I think I've committed it. I've had loads of people say that to me over the years. I think I think I've done that. I said, dear. I said that's interesting. What do you mean? I've done it. Interesting that, because if you think you've committed it, you haven't. Because if you had, you wouldn't even care. You wouldn't be bothered. You'd be so far away. God would be such. I'm not interested. I'm telling you, this morning. Know that. Know that. Know that you are loved by God, and He will keep you. He promises to build yourselves up. Are you a builder? Are you Are you in God's gym? I want to encourage. you, Look, like prayer meetings are hard work. They're hard work because you don't see the results. Tra- How many people like to see results straight away? You plant your garden. You want to see. I want to see the bushes grow and everything. I want to see it now. But you plant the seeds and you don't see anything. And sometimes you have a prayer meeting. Wow, oh, the half nights of prayer. I can't wait. And we start praying. After fifteen minutes, it's like, well, what do we do now? I'm all prayed up. <laughs> We've got to be a praying people. That's part of God's gym. Praying. Praying in the spirit. Now I don't believe in praying in tongues, you often let me say that. But I think this is more than that. I mean it is praying in tongues, and I encourage you to do it. But it's praying with the spirit. So when we pray together, you'll sense God will take the meeting in a certain way. And we get in on it and we pray it. Pray in the word of God. This is where you can build yourselves up. Keep yourself in God's love. Remember He loves you. Wait in expectation for mercy. And snatch others. Did you see that last bit about the garment stained by the flesh? Ooh, what's that about? Do you know what I really think that's about? You know, it's easy to have the garment of righteousness. That's what you've got. But sometimes it gets a bit stained. Don't stain your garment. Keep sin away from you. If you've stained your garment, come this morning, say, Lord... Please wipe my stain away. And he'll wipe it away. But don't keep staining your garment. Very easy to, in all sorts of different ways. And snatch people out of the fire. That's the reality. There is judgment coming. But grace is here today. This is the day of salvation. I'm going to finish with my good friend my great friend who I spend every morning with reading his letters, John Newton. Our great duty is to be at his footstool and to cry to him who has promised to perform all things for us. Why are we called soldiers but because we are called to a warfare? And how could we fight if there were no enemies to resist? The Lord's soldiers are not merely for show to make an empty parade in uniform, to brandish their arms when none but friends and spectators are around them. No. We must stand upon the field of battle. We must face the fiery darts. We must wrestle which is the closest and most arduous type of fighting with our foes. Nor can we well expect wholly to escape wounds. You might get wounded. But listen, the leaves of the tree of life are provided for their healing. The captain of our salvation is at hand and leads us on with an assurance which might make even a coward bold. That in the end, we shall be more than conquerors through him who has loved us. Folks, contend for the faith. Once for all, delivered. Father I thank you for your word thank you Lord we can't mix and match it we just got to preach what it says and let your word do its work I ask by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will minister to every heart this morning Lord let us know your encouragement let us know that the captain of our salvation is with us That we march behind the bloodstained banner of the cross. And we're safe in you. Lord, help us to keep ourselves in the love of God. Help us to encourage one another. Help us to speak well of each other. Help us to sort issues out quickly. And let us walk in your love and your life, I pray. Oh, Lord, we long for your appearing. Lord, when the kingdoms of this earth will finally become, ultimately and forever, the kingdoms of our God. The day is is approaching, Lord, I don't know when. But I know it's coming. And I want to be ready.